1: This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome in to another edition of the Winning Plays podcast. My name is Brian Robb. Rich is off getting uh, married this weekend. Congratulations to Rich. So we're bringing in a big gun to fill in. Chris, is Ellsworth. that an excuse?
0: Is that an excuse we can use now, like getting married and getting having married. Babies Is marriages? I guess
1: real life, life, life's getting in the way of podcasting it happens sometimes but, it, but but i'm not devastated by this because chris forsberg uh <laughs> reporter extraordinaire of nbc sports boston is is here and uh we've had a week here chris we've had a week and i want to bring this up most of all because we're gonna get into the coaching we're gonna get into the the trade i want to get into your takes on that and where that this team goes from here but um you know as a regular listener of the celtics talk podcast i can only laugh on Wednesday. <laughs> When a fresh podcast of yourself and the great, uh, Jay King of the athletic drops and then no less than maybe was it an hour later that the, so, the, the coaching hire was made? Let, let, me, let me give you the,
0: let me give you the full timeline here is that, uh, cause everyone, everyone in the podcasting business can appreciate how quickly <laughs> you become outdated. Uh, I called Jay King on, on Tuesday. I go, look, man, I'm kind of like, I need to do a podcast, but I'm kind of sweating doing a podcast Uh, because this coaching news is probably going to come down pretty soon, and I don't want it to be outdated immediately. But maybe, maybe if I can bug you for like an hour, uh, maybe like we'll just talk about all things besides coaching. And that way, even if something does happen, we're still like pretty in the clear a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I made the joke at the start of the podcast. I said, well, you know, recording this, knowing that 30 minutes after this post, it's the, the, the coaching decision is going to be announced. And 30 minutes after the podcast posted on NBC Sports Boston uh, that afternoon, we got, a, we got a new coach. But, uh, yeah, just gave us another excuse to do a new, another podcast uh, like 12 <laughs> hours later. I hope I keep saying, you know, uh, the, the podcast with Jay was really good. Uh, we talked a lot about what we'll probably talk about today, and people can still listen to that. So, hopefully, people like you know, there's no reason you can't just listen to two episodes, it's it's like a bonus.
1: I'm just looking forward to listening to it just to, to laugh at that first comment you made. Oh
0: my god! Um, and then I said it again at the end, after I think we talked about Ime Adoka quite a bit too at the end there. And uh, and then just you know, just speaking it into existence that's what we do. Is. So, maybe we can speak into existence some roster moves for this team, uh, moving <laughs> forward.
1: What's the next tree? Brad's gonna. He's gonna be done by uh, July Fourth, with uh, the whole <laughs> roster.
0: Not, you're not even gonna street. need, not even gonna need the August. Uh, uh, you know, I, can we give cre- credit to Brad? Like, at least he's not messing around. No. I think we all wondered what would happen, and and so that's that's been my big thing this week. And maybe you, I don't know if you agree, but like these were two really big decisions they had with Kemba and the coach, and like I don't know. I've heard people say they nailed them. I don't know if they nailed them. Like I feel like I feel pretty good about what they did, but. Uh, at least they made decisions and sometimes as a front off, you just got to make choices. And so credit to Brad, uh, not messing around and, you know, easing into this thing. He's diving fully into, uh, into decision-making.
1: He really is. And so let's, let's start with the coach first, since that's the, the freshest thing here. And I mean, this isn't, do you, do you think their timetable was sped up a little bit here with all these other openings? Or do you think this was, you know, Obviously, they were clearly maybe if not the best job on the market. You know, I think the majority would think that if it, even if it wasn't you know unanimous. But I do wonder whether you know this happened a little bit sooner, or they would decide, okay, we better wrap this up now because these guys are probably not going to mm-hmm. wait around for us. At least you know, guys like Adoka, who probably had you know multiple teams after him.
0: Yeah. And I think just, you know, uh, we'll, we'll never know what their, you know, official order was, was Adoka their number one choice. Like I suspect he was based on, you know, the little timeline that we know of so far, but um, coaches were going to start to come off the market fast and furious. You know, we see Rick Carlisle go to Indiana now and, you know, Portland will probably make a decision here sooner than later, maybe as soon as the Clippers are out of the playoffs. And so, uh, it just feels like once those dominoes start falling, you don't want to be the team that's like, ah, well, do we want this one or that one? And so uh, I think it was pretty clear when Brad jumped on that call earlier this week and said, like, I'm not going to talk about this. It felt like they were probably getting down to the nitty gritty. And, yeah. uh, you know, so uh, uh, credit to them for, for moving quick. Like, it, I think we all keep saying it, right? Like, M.A. Adoka checks a whole bunch of the boxes that they were looking for. And so it sort of makes sense that it came together, but yeah, they had to wait till the nets were out probably before they could, could really pounce. And, you know, it's just part of the process, but uh, I like that, you know, they, they, again, you, you don't want to be the team that's sitting there when five other teams have made a decision and you're like, well, what are we doing? So uh, good on Brad for, for moving quick.
1: And I mean, we can't really get into what, Adoga's is gonna be because no one knows. I mean, this is like, this is, no like idea, that, that, right? that's why we can't like that. That whole discussion, like you know, like yeah, it's he checks a lot of boxes. He clearly has the support of the stars, which again, this all is great. But what we're gonna, I'm more fascinated to see what's gonna happen with his staff now. Is mm-hmm. he going to um, bring back some of the C's assistants that, from what I hear, are some of them still are under contract, yeah. um, or is he gonna start with his own guys and it's going to be a standpoint and i'm also i think it's pretty clear he's probably going to bring in a a guy of a lot of uh head coaching experience next to him mm-hmm. i would imagine and that might mean we get you know brett brown and his amazing main Ooh. accent with, like i was,
0: I was gonna go with a different brown i was gonna say mike brown
1: Oh, sure. That could be, that could happen too. Yeah. you
0: know, Like, I guess they have, they have some, uh, that's both have Spurs roots there. Right. So, uh, yeah, I I mean, there, there there's, there's so many connections with the, with whether it's the pop tree or, uh, international coaching experience, or like, let's face it, uh, Adoka played for seven different NBA or like six different NBA teams. I
1: realized how like
0: will chow was. I was like, can I I tell you the thing I love most about him and, uh, so I, I apologize to whoever posted this first because it's, it's like it's just an amazing find that I, I didn't even notice as I was going through Basketball Reference. But you know, okay, so he goes undrafted right. and then goes to the D League. His first team is the North Charleston Low Gators uh, of the D League, a team that doesn't even exist anymore. They're like the sure. uh, Florida something
1: now. Um, that's your but, territory down there. That's- well, that's the thing. <laughs> like
0: I, I I I feel like I am Johnny South Carolina now, and I had no idea they had a D League team in North Charleston. And so uh, I'm slightly embarrassed. I'm also now on the hunt for a Jersey. So if anyone knows how to, like, I can secure that without having to go to the thrift shop the next time I'm down. Uh, And I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's thin because I don't think they were there very long, but you know, this is a guy who had to really grind just to carve out a like role in the NBA. Like he goes to the D league, for 50 games that 2002-03 season. When did the G-, G League
1: start, by the way? Was that like
0: well, I mean, what, like year, like, did it had to did be right like then? year two, because I, I think that was up. the year two of the low Gators or whatever, right? right? Like this is when the Celtics had a G League team in Utah. Uh, <laughs> when when, when they literally have to send down, like Gabe Pruitt would go to Utah and he'd be like, oh, you're never going to see him again. It's not like <laughs> you just recall him from Portland for a, a spot start. Uh, but 2001.
1: Yeah, no, like, so, yeah, that oh, was, he, he was probably there as it begins. began.
0: Year two, uh, he is with the low. Yeah. So that's right. That, 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 so that legitimately was, they were one of the original teams. And uh, I can't even imagine what the competition level was like back then. He was, I found the pocket schedule for that year for the low gators and he was not on the cover. So <laughs> not very highly touted even with the low gators, but um, you know, clearly made an impression ends up with Kobe and the Lakers the next year for four games, not much, but then goes to France and to Spain. What I love is nothing has been necessarily easy for Ime, And it feels like he's had to prove himself at every level. Now he clearly, they took a liking to him in San Antonio and pop puts him on that staff and talks about like, Hey, look, if you're just going to hang out after practices, you might as well be a coach. And, you know, he gets into it, into it that way. And, uh, you know, but he was there for a championship in 2014, but has had to kind of wait for this opportunity, right? Like nine years. I mean, he's only 43 years old, but, um, you know, feels like he he sort of had to pay his dues. And uh, that's what I just keep coming back to. The, the thing is, like, everyone sort of says he, we're kind of surprised this hasn't happened sooner than this and that he's ready for it. Uh, so I love I love that he, you know, left the nest. When the, the Spurs started to go downhill, or or at least it went into a, a transition mode, uh, and and went with Brett Brown, and then ends up on that super team in Brooklyn this year, uh, I'm fascinated to see just like how much that path helps him with whatever's ahead. What what was your biggest takeaway from, you know, now as we're all googling adoka and trying to figure out like how what 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 will translate and and what what we should be excited about at the at the next level besides the the nigerian yeah the, fight the
1: fight yeah yeah like, which which
0: sounds amazing well
1: and we got i mean we'll, we'll have some fresh prince talking later in the show i'm sure for you know his <laughs> fiance uh me along there um i have
0: a great story about that too so continue. Okay,
1: yeah we'll say that for the end um yeah it based on every just this trajectory and the buzz there's been of like it kind of made me surprised. Like, why didn't he get his opportunity mm-hmm. earlier? But then you look at it, like, okay, so he he left San Antonio probably when he figured out, okay, Pop is still going to be here for yeah. X amount of years longer, so I need to go. You know, I'm going to go get more money somewhere else. But then you go to Philly, and then it blows up on you in Philly that one year. So obviously, he wasn't going to get a job after last season because he got you know, right. his entire staff got canned, and that was a disaster for Philly. And then this is. And I'm not sure, I forgot how many openings there were, but now you look at him, okay, now this is, um, you know, seven, eight openings this year. Mm -hmm. And on top of him, obviously being with a super successful franchise in Brooklyn where, um, you know, and working with a superstar talent there where you can have, you know, from the Celtics' perspective too, that must just be oh, not a huge thing, but it's a bonus. It's like, you know, you you got an inside look at everyone there and now you're coming up here. Like that's the team you're going to have to take down if you're the Celtics. So (laughs) that's just a little little bonus so i mean it's again it all you know just from talking about it's like it's all, all going to come down to the the x's and o's element like they're going to have that wasn't their weak point ever here and they're going to have staff here to you know you know mm-hmm. maximize that out of him and then from from the sounds of him he might be good on that front anyway we'll find out but it's like the connection with the player standpoint that's what's the that clearly was a top priority here mm-hmm. and it seems like based on his track record, like that's something he's going to be able to do.
0: Do you think Jay Neg is back?
1: I mean, that's Tatum's guy, right? So
0: it's Al Horford's
1: guy too, right? I've read Al's guy. That's right. Mm. And, and Jay has made it through multiple coaching. I mean, the Doc river survivor at this yeah. point. So, yeah, I mean, I would imagine that the, you know, the Celtics brass is going to advocate for those guys, but from mm-hmm. what I hear, it's, I mean, it's going to be a decision. So yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see how he handles that because that is, a, that's a tough decision for him. It's because it's, yeah. you have, you know, you want to bring in your own guys and there's clear benefits to, to keeping the, you know, I mean, the Celtics have tons of great assistants on staff that have been here for mm-hmm. a long time, whether it's Larry or like, you know, guys come up the ranks like Morrison. Um, but then Jamie, Jamie Young, Jamie Young, Young has the been there to... since 2006. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's, that's probably one of the longest tenured, you know, assistant coaches in the league period. And so, but then is the Doka being like, oh, do I want to have, you know, I guess it's a relationship with Brad too in terms of like, are these yeah. people, do we have to, you know, do we feel good about that in terms of having that, you know, branch to the old era? So I don't know, but I would think I
0: think I think I think it's got to be a
1: hodgepodge.
0: It's got to be like when Brad came. Okay, so, you know, he brought Michael Shrewsbury because he wanted that familiarity with one of his his top bench guys. But they kept Jay Laranega and then they went out and got him Ron Adams, who had sort of that knowledge of the league. So, you know, okay, whether that's Brett Brown or Mike Brown or whoever it is, you know, the Mike D'Antoni. Of Steve Nash, can you bring in a guy who uh has been there and done it and is there to lend support? But then you also have Laronega and Morrison. And you know, again, if those guys don't find other opportunities that uh intrigue them, like clearly some of their staff is seeing the writing on the wall here and Jerome Allen taking the the, the job in Detroit. You know, it's understandable. It's it, it you can't bring everybody back, especially if he's gonna bring in some of his crew. But yeah, I think Brad would, you know, Brad loves uh institutional knowledge and uh that's why al horford is back so um i can see him you know advocating as you said for for some of those guys to stick around
1: yeah so i'll be i'll just play out and it sounds like we're gonna hear from him next week whenever they do officially announce that we're recording this on a on a thursday night here um but yeah it's uh again i don't think just based on what his track is so far because that just checks the boxes and now we'll see is he going to be at summer league what's he going to do on that from stats standpoint and how does he run out of staff that's what's i think going to be the intriguing thing to keep an eye on as we move forward um okay we, we we heard from al horford today ooh um
0: invigorated Al, invigorated
1: al Horford. Al do you, you know al horford is excited to be here did back in Boston. He I
0: mean you you were the
1: one who said it, Like,
0: you know, <laughs> your, your sources were, were spot on on, on that <laughs> one. Uh I mean I, I don't think you were going out on a limb. I, know, I was right, at, right, after, right, after, reaching on that one. <laughs> after after the failed Philadelphia experiment and being in uh basketball Siberia in Oklahoma City for the past uh when, and uh, look, but Oklahoma City was a good experience for him, right? Because he was the lone veteran who had to sort of be that 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 uh veteran guy and uh, mentor guy, but also they took care of him and and got his knees right. The Celtics should be sending bouquets of flowers to the Oklahoma City uh, medical staff because it it sounds like Al feels pretty good coming in here. I did get a little leery when you asked him about if he's going to be playing in uh, back to backs, and he was like, ah, I guess that's the plan. And I'm like, man, <laughs> we, we've heard that before, where Kemp like, Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be playing. So I'm a little bit leery about that, but. You know, the one thing I come back to with with Al and, you know, you can't expect him to be the 30-year-old all-star they plucked out of Atlanta and was sort of like a focal point of those teams. But the one thing he has consistently done throughout his career is he's made guys around him better. And whether that was IT being an MVP candidate in that first year or Kyrie having the best season of his career when he was here, Al just because of the way he plays and the way he facilitates and the basketball IQ is going to make players better. And I, so I'm intrigued. Like I feel like you could just kind of pencil in that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to have really, really good years because Al's going to help them figure that out and what that translates to. I don't know, because I don't know what Al Horford necessarily is going to be able to do. Like, can he keep hitting threes? Like, you know, it's gone down the last couple of years, Uh, but he can still pick and pop. He can, uh, be a better backline defender than anything they've got right now, even at 35 with bad knees. So uh, Rob Williams excluded, like, but I'm just assuming <laughs> that, you know, you got to split those minutes anyway. So, uh, but yeah. A better I'm on
1: theory. D than de- defensive
0: stalwart Tristan Thompson. I mean, I know that that blows your mind. Uh, I don't know if you, you, if you listen to the Celtics talk pod uh, in the aftermath of the Kemba trade, uh, my, I think my, my, after we got through the initial of it, I, I asked Gal, I said, so, you know, how quickly until they trade Tristan Thompson, and uh, he goes, oh, no, they need all of them. And I literally fell out of my chair because I just couldn't fathom the idea that, that they would keep seven bigs here. Uh, and
1: well, uh, they could use all of them for $40 million. Mm, that doesn't Like, oof. yeah, they could. They need another veteran big, probably at the Fair. minimum, not at, you know, $10 million. Yikes. And so but I guess what this Kappa trade does on that front, at least, is that, like the, the pressure to move on from Thompson from from just from a financial standpoint, goes away a bit. Like you can they can wait their turn. They can wait to see if some other team gets desperate. Maybe you get you know, before it was like, okay, what are we going to have to, you know, give up to get rid of to Thompson if we need for the money. Now it's like, okay, maybe we'll see how this works for a while and then um you know pull the trigger if we we find something we like. So from that standpoint it's good. I've, I'm curious to know, and I wrote about this a little bit today on Mass live, like the Alpha for re- the, the reunion thing that the story's great, the second chance, unfinished business, et cetera. Realistically though, like what are the odds that he's actually around beyond a year? Oh uh, like, And is there 90. anything he can do to like change that? That's what Michael like yeah like because you said like uh. if the fit works and like and he still has stuff left in the tank, like, he's obviously a useful player, not at $25 million. But, like, when you're talking about the guaranteed money for next year and right. whether they're going to be going after big names or maybe they're not going to go after big names, maybe they're going to build the other means. I don't know. Obviously, all those balls are still in the air right now. So I'm curious, like, what – I mean, the odds are clearly that that it's just going to be a, a pit stop, not, like, a, a fun long-term story. But, like, what what could change it in your mind to be, you know, not be a pit stop? If yeah, it, if he's like really good, and again, really good in my
0: mind isn't like going back to All-Star Alex, just making players better with, with being able to be out there and playing 25, 30 minutes a night and being serviceable on defense and and all that, you know, just just the net rating when he's out there, popping like it usually does. And if he does that then I could see him being back next season, but it'll all hinge on, you know, do they need that space? Can they move them in a trade and and get value? You know, like they can't afford to have to pay another first round pick to get off his contract next year. So it all just comes down to what makes the most financial sense. So if ultimately the plan here is just to be in the cap game in 2023, then yeah, maybe he's here. Maybe it's, you know, I thought at first when they made the move, I said, I could see them stretching that final year, you know, but it's like, $4.8 $4.8 million over three years, probably not tenable, like, you
1: know, and coming down, like what's, is he a good player? Like if he's a $10 million player at that point, then you don't do that. If he's right. uh, a veterans men player or like a biannual player, then yeah, maybe you think about that.
0: Yeah. But, you know, and again, it, it might just hinge on if you need the money. If right. you know, okay, if you can get the guy you want at whatever you need to clear, but I, it's hard for me to also think that they're going to keep the books clean you know, I think Brad understands the long-term vision, but you know, is Evan Fournier coming back for two years? It, you know, like there is value in that for him, if he gets overpaid and can get back into the free agency market at 30, but, um, you know, if someone comes in with four years, we didn't, we go through this now, you know, right. like you know, we, always, we, we always say, oh, they're not going to get blown out of the water by a deal. And then some team comes along and blows them out of the water with a deal. And so, uh, I, you know, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Uh, I think there should be some hesitation about how much you're willing to pay, not just because of financial flexibility, but because, you know, let's face it, the, the player has some deficiencies and, and, you know, that being said, they need shooting, they need size, they need that other kind of wing guy. Uh, but you know, how much faith do you have in Neesmith and Langford and their ability to develop and, and play that spot? You know, would you be better served? not spending that money then using your exceptions to go chase the Larry Nance or Kyle Anderson or whatever the, the names we'll get into will be to to fill that sort of four spot. And, you know, I don't know, like uh, poor Brad Stevens, man, like there's still a ton of questions here to answer. Uh, oh. And like, and the point guard, which you know, yeah. I, I think we all think it's going to be Marcus smart now, but we'll see.
1: I mean, yeah, that's, that's very much up, up in the air at that point. Are you, cool, um, are you
0: cool with like, I because I'm fascinated by asking everybody this now. Are you cool with Marcus Smart being the point, the starting point guard for this team?
1: I honestly thought that's what they were going to do two years ago before mm-hmm. they went after Kemba. Um, so, yeah, I mean. You weren't, I you, you weren't buying Terry Rozier? I wasn't buying. Yeah, I was not buying the Terry Rozier starting point guard plan at that point. I thought that was. Well, uh, egg is on your face. Exactly. I, right. That's, you know, that, that, that's my fault. Yeah. Um, But no, it's, uh, I think that's the default option, obviously, at this point. I do think that, you know, smarts trade value will be investigated. And, Mm -hmm. but if I'm curious again, I, if if I'm smart right now with this, or if I'm Brad Stevens with smart, like I don't, I know smart is probably going to be banging the the door for an extension. Mm. I don't go there yet, um, unless the price is really right, um, because I want to keep my options open. From that standpoint yeah. but at the same time I don't I don't necessarily think the Celtics will get what they want for smart in a deal which makes the the plan right now easily to say okay here you go here are the keys to the car Marcus um we maybe should have done this a couple of years ago but now we're gonna try it again and and if it doesn't work you, you get season right yeah, you like you can, and, you and you can you reevaluate evaluate. right so and
0: that's why I think you know I, I know people a lot of people have said, we don't see them being overly aggressive at the start of free agency or, you know, using those exceptions. And like, look, look, there, there's there's going to be hardships like you, you just can't, you probably can't take back a player in a side and trade and be hard capped if you splurge on Fournier. And so there's there's a whole bunch of, of obstacles along the way. But, you know, you can go $15 million into the tax and then get to the February and figure out, right. all right, what, do you, what are we doing now? that might screw you again. If you make a Daniel Tice type move and, you know, just trying to, to dodge the money and and you have to sacrifice talent and it bites you at, at the end, but um, not the worst position to be in. If you are, if you have to sort things out here at the start of the year, but uh, cause, cause like right now they're not probably a, a championship caliber roster uh, a lot would have to break. Right. So they've, they've got to figure some stuff out.
1: Yeah, it is. Like I said, that always having that in your back pocket just being able to reevaluate season when you are in the text and you have players that you feel like you'll be able to move. Um, like I said, it's, as long as you don't wait till the buzzer and get, you know, have to throw an extra cash and a decent player. Who, who are your guys? Like, who, who do you want to
0: see them? I, like, did, now do we start playing the game where we're like, who does Adoka have relationships with that they yeah, can Well, right,
1: right. Marcus Aldrich. Yes. Uh, <laughs> done. I mean,
0: if, only, um, if only he'd been here last year, you know. Maybe, right?
1: maybe, uh, but maybe the hard thing whatever. have been. the have hard thing too.
0: Uh, Patty, Patty Mills now, like yeah, uh,
1: like so yeah. Anyone in San Antonio? There is a lot of there are a lot of free agents coming out of San Antonio this year. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Gay or or Mills, I think Mills would be great. Um, I don't think I don't know. I wonder what he wants at this point in his career. Whether he's just going to you know sign a cheap deal with like the Nets or something like that, just to, right, right. Get a shot at another ring. I think something like that could very much be in play, but um, they'd obviously have a a pretty big role for him here or any, you know, point guard that's on the market. Um, Yeah. Gays. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't gone down too far that rabbit hole, but I think, I think that's just where you start is, is the San Antonio's of the road. And then, or just the, I think point guard in general, there's, there's a lot of point guard talent around this league. And it seems like, you know, not that there's a lot of great ones on the market this summer, but I feel like that's a, that's a hole you can probably fill for a little less you know cost and obviously like a wing or something like that.
0: Am I crazy? I, I want to call Chicago and ask about Saturansky.
1: I just want size yeah. at that, you know. What are they gonna like? They're in a, such a weird spot, Chicago, because they're like they lose the freaking eighth pick, and now Levine's coming up one more year left in this deal. So it's like they gotta go all the way now, but they don't have any cap room if they keep right that they young have, and Saturansky, So they were trending mean? towards cap room, right? And then they made right. all those moves, and, and now you've got
0: tough decisions to make. Uh, about how and so are you all in on Kobe White? And if you are, then is Saturansky available? And so, you know, that's those are the spots where those trade exceptions or Tristan Thompson's contract or whatever can come into come in handy for the Celtics um, to get guys that, you know, again, you don't have to sign and trade and, and hard cap yourself and worry about all the the obstacles that go into it. Um, you know, and again, if you're committed to Marcus Smart as your starting point guard, you don't necessarily need a game changer at. That's a pun on play on Marcus Martin nicknames there. Uh you don't need a game changer at the at the point guard spot, but you do need probably some more depth. And ever I like I had a lot of people in the comments who were very upset that like I somehow took that as Peyton Pritchard slander. Um like look, I think it's Yeah. And and, a very serviceable backup. You can shoot 41% from three on your first year. You're going to play, you know, in like deep range. I love, I love everything about the way Peyton Pritchard played. He also had like a, a real swoon in the middle of the season where I didn't think he was nearly as impactful as he was at times. And so, um, you know, I think there's just a limitation on, on, on what necessarily he'll be early in his career. So, uh backup playing 20 something minutes a night that's fine you know like and, and maybe it trends upward from there as he gets more comfortable in the league uh but i just want i just want size at that position i want size across the board where you know the celtics don't have multiple players that are getting picked on when they're out there like if you do bring back fournier uh and we saw what the nets did and targeting him and i mean obviously tristan when he, when he was in that game and some of that switching they did so I just hope they find. uh, If one thing we've know uh, from the scouting report on on Ime is that he wants a defensive minded team, and the Celtics are desperate to get back to the defensive DNA that we know Brad loves. So Horford and and uh, Tatum, Brown, Smart, and you know another player in there, whether that's Fournier or whatever, uh, you know maybe you got something there.
1: Right, and it is. It's going to be a lot easier to play Fournier defensively when like teams don't have Kemba to pick on out yes exactly so that again you, you solve that problem and you hope again that Al is moving around better than he was you know two years ago in Philly from a you know maintenance standpoint we'll see what you know the six the six months of rest does room from there
0: well, I mean, eight months of rest really helped Tristan Thompson. So uh, <laughs> who had who had a hamstring injury from the first day of training camp and never – it took him a while. Like, I'll admit, like, Tristan won me over a little bit more uh, as the season went on. But then the playoffs happened
1: and those pick and rolls and, you know. Hey, game I three just, was impressive with the yeah. But then you had ever on there. two, four, and five. So, yeah, you can get – you know, one of those is fine, but um, yeah, like you said, the, the defense, I mean, they were just Swiss cheese, obviously. Um, but that's, uh I mean, we'll see, we'll see what, uh, how that shakes out there. What, um do you have any Moses Brown thoughts? Uh,
0: I think Al Holford is a tremendous hype man, like really <laughs> re- almost criminally talked him up, uh, you know, it's funny because obviously Celtics fans look at that one game where he had one great half against the Celtics, but the rest of the resume is, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I keep hearing people say if that's your 16th pick this year, that, that's fine. You know, it's probably just as much of a swing to hope that that guy develops as you know, whoever they would have drafted. I think the other, the 16th pick would add a little bit more upside, but um, can't hurt to have size and you're not tied to a, a whole lot of guaranteed money. So you, you take the flyer and see what it is like probably squeezes Luke Cornette out here, but otherwise I don't think it's a big deal. Um, they could have used the seven foot two big man in the past postseason that you could throw in there and maybe cross your fingers. Uh, so hopefully this is, and I shouldn't say hopefully, cause I really like taco, but I just think they need better two way players or more reliable two way players. Like I'd love to give taco fall all the time in the world to, to, to come along and figure this thing out. But you know, one of the luxuries that other teams had in this COVID season was they could lean on two-way guys. And I don't know if the Celtics have been able to do that necessarily with confidence. You know, there's always these flashes, too, even with Tremont. But, um, you know, I, I just I, I just think they need to start thinking about uh, having depth when depth has been questioned in past years. And maybe some of that will hinge on roster building and maybe have a bit more flexibility if if Brad just does we expect him to do and, and loads up with like 40 veterans on this bench.
1: It is funny. I mean, the two way deals, you know, you get, you look around the league and there are so many like guys that turn into like hidden gems, um, all over like, not, not all the time, but enough. Max then, Truth. Mac, Yeah. Max I mean, like, you know, like Duncan Robinson, the two way guy. Like, I mean, like yeah. not, I mean, not, not that there are a ton of Duncan Robinson's out there, but then you look at what's come out of the Celtics in that spot over the years. And they really have, it's like the guys that they, that they did have in those spots went on to become something good, but not here. Like whether it's yeah. like DJ Dozier or, or Nader, obviously, and you don't blame it on Nader because he just, you know, flamed out. But that's, like you said, the last two years, waters and fall like have given them pretty close to nothing. And it, it's about time where you're like given the the depth and what, you know, the needs of of wanting wings and stuff like that around the league. Like that's clearly an area where you you probably want to take a second look.
0: Yeah, you uh I, I sent you a, a text when you tweeted uh that Al Horford said that uh, a lot of the a lot of the young guys were were in were in the Auerbach center working out or working hard and I said yeah working hard packing their bags <laughs> because I just think the back end of this roster has to be overhauled and you know I'd love to give Carson Edwards all the all all the time in the world and you know like I will relent that not having a G League team last year really hurt like you didn't sure. you weren't able to get whether it's guys from that 19 class or the two way guys reps and you know, you needed them at times, but uh, you know, maybe their development is hastened if they're able to play more uh, it would be a, certainly a luxury to be able to send guys up there when Romeo got yanked from the rotation, you know, maybe you go send him up there and let him you know, learn his way more than uh, just rotting away on the bench for a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know. They've got, they've got to, to prioritize those spots because every roster spot matters and development matters. And if you're, if, if, again, if Brad Stevens is going to load up on proven players and not have the same sort of long-term vision as maybe Danny Ainge did, then you really got to maximize the end of the the very end. And those two way spots where you're developing your youngest players uh, and trying to, to get them to a spot where they can contribute.
1: So out of that, I mean, there's obviously guys that are, the odds are against them being here next year. Uh, on that front, obviously we talked about Taco and Tremont, um, Carson Edwards. You know, I think he'll be he'll get a chance to earn a spot, but I think the odds are against him there. Out God, of, God,
0: bless, God bless him for getting a guaranteed deal. I know, for, right? Summer league, four
1: years. Summer league, just a, a magical summer league. Him, that was a tribute to Jordan Mickey, the 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 magical <laughs> summer league for his performance to get a, a three year deal that. Um with we can, every time
0: they sign one of those contracts we sit there and go oh man there's the Celtics right. using that that like you know little loophole to lock up those second round picks and it just hasn't always worked out for them but you know not probably I mean like, I guess it is their fault that they didn't draft guys that are surefire hits but you know all second round picks are sort of rolls of the dice yeah
1: and when well, it the, works the fact it, is like it, they, they stick with them for too long what they did with yeah. for the for like I think we're not like whatever two years two years, but like sometimes you can you know look at that spot last year and be like, yeah, that they probably would have been better off finding one of these veteran minimum guys and yeah. just taking the loss. And I mean, would that have saved anything, everything last year? No, but would they have probably won a couple more games? Yeah. And that matters. Right. Like I think, I think, you know, I mean, we kept saying. You're not, you're not playing the Nets in the first round. Right. <laughs>
0: Which, I mean, I, I hate to like harp on last year. I'm trying my best not to drudge it up every time we do one of these things. But yeah, you know, you just sort of look back and think, man, if, if they hadn't have been so, so bad for, for stretches and if Tatum doesn't catch COVID, if they don't have the, like, you know, it, it, this, this, the whole narrative around the season, maybe there would be, maybe Brad Stevens wouldn't be the president of basketball operations. Sure. Maybe, you know, uh, M.A. Adoka is somewhere else. And so Eme Adoka is. And so uh, I'm going to, uh, that's the other thing uh, I'm going to keep mispronouncing his name in the vein of Enes Cantor, who I called Enes Cantor <laughs> probably for four months. And so uh, apologies uh, immediately to Ime Adoka, who I will eventually get his name, right. Even though the basketball reference page has it completely wrong. Do they? That's good to know because I think bad, I think they have right? it as MA Doka. And uh, but it's not. It's Ime right? Am I doing that right? I think yeah, you
1: may. I think oh, we're okay. gonna go with that. Right, cool. so, I mean, now. I'm
0: like an hour into the podcast, and like <laughs> I've been talking about this guy all week, so I hope, I hope I've uh, I've got the spelling down. Did you say you had a good knee Long story? Because I I do.
1: No, no, no. I I I just wanted to talk. I just wanted some Fresh Prince talk to finish up. But I'll I right, well,
0: well let us talk about the roster. Let, let's get to that. We can just keep stringing people along with that because I do I do think that's like a, a
1: fascinating <laughs> subplot to all this. But all
0: right. um, so yeah, so like if you're just guessing off the top of your head, is Jabari back?
1: Oh, I forgot about Jabari. No, no. I think See, I think he is. You think he okay? Well, if he's back, I don't think he and like Grant can be back because I think that's so like there. redundancy. So you gotta pick you gotta pick it there. Gotta pick so there.
0: Maybe maybe that comes down to just if you're making a deal right. and you need some. I, I hate to say float some in there, but like you know, if, if you do need just some filler in there, and, and Grant should be more than filler at this point. Um, I still like the potential he's got, but I think we also understand. Uh, that, you know, the downside of the player in that, you would you know, he can't play the four. You've just brought back Al Horford, who's going to play some small ball five. And if Jabari's back, you playing small ball five. I, so I don't know. I don't know where, where Grant fits into all that, which is too bad, because uh, I do think in the right situation he'll thrive, but it's uh, it certainly has not been here. So yeah. So, you know, I, I'm thinking at least four or five spots are, are open, and maybe just two maybe that's just two of the two-way guys. Um, but uh, some work to be done. At the at the back end and just have guys that you feel comfortable leaning
1: on. Yeah. I'm I mean, because I think Romeo and Neesmith are probably safe. Yep. Yeah. Just because you just want to see what you have, because you're selling low with either of those guys if you're gonna move them now. Um and then yeah, so it's like I think you're just looking at the bigs and like you said, clearing out the the back end of the roster for spots. So I mean, who knows? There's, there's, could be still a major trade to be made, whether it's Smart or Thompson. Um, but for now, they'll just be, I think, lots of new names in play. Um, I need, I need to you to write on.
0: the, I need you to write the teams that need a Tristan Thompson like center. Yeah. Story. Yeah. That,
1: that's on the radar. I need to, for, go through. Portland,
0: like they for- love for recent <laughs> <Right>. former <laughs> Celtic centers. So I feel like, I feel like you should explore that. I feel like the Grizzlies owe us. Because uh, you gave them Desmond Bain for pretty much nothing to right. so facilitate that. Oh, so here's trade. the thing:
1: like that people keep thinking, oh, they they needed to dump, use the first round pick to dump Canter. They didn't, because the the Blazers just took Canter outright for nothing. Right. So did that just did they just say they wanted him after the draft? After that deal was made, like that's that's a little bit of a. I mean, I, obviously the Celtics didn't want the roster spot at the time, so. They just wanted, they traded the first round pick for future picks. But um, I, I'm, I'll be curious to see how that all came to fruition.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, you can't, you can no longer afford to be giving up first round picks to make these sort of moves nope. and you've had to do it multiple times. So, and you didn't really have to with that Ennis Cantor situation in hindsight, maybe it would have been fine to bring him back, but uh, that's, that's where I'm interested to see what Brad does. You know, you can't, can't sacrifice future assets anymore. That there's no treasure chest.
1: No, there's not. Yeah. Um, all right,
0: let and holding. So we'll
1: see. No, it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch here. All right, um, I'm dying for this knee-long uh, story.
0: Oh, okay, so uh, the, the, I mean it's not really exciting. It's just I I knew the name, but I I couldn't place the face uh or like I hadn't googled yet and uh so we were talking about it my my, my you know my, some friends were over and they said what do we need to know about this new coach and so Neil Long invariably comes up and my and, and my wife says oh uh she was on Fresh Prince and now my kids 12 and 9 have been binging Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and so you know again in my mind I'm like wait who and then I realized she was Lisa Will's uh, girlfriend on the show and eventually wife, I think. Uh, And so my kids are beyond thrilled with the coaching hire now because they (laughs) have, they have, they have a connection at least with the coach. Like this is, this is important. And uh, I likewise am excited. And it's every time someone asks me about him, I I want to say all the normal stuff, like he was a former NBA player and seven years in San Antonio, but now I just default to uh, he is married to, lisa from the fresh prince of bel-air or engage. they're I, engaged they're
1: engaged yeah so they i from from my wife's research they've been engaged <laughs> for years but they you know just don't you know they're so you just don't decide to get married so there's together yeah. which is great yeah, which is i feel like super common these days um but i i love the fact that your kids love fresh prince uh
0: <laughs> if, if if one thing i've tried to do as a parent and i don't I don't try to put them in front of the TV too much, but if they are going to be there, um, at least expose them to the classics. And so it started with like Fuller House and then going back to Full House and then Saved by the Bell. And so pretty much anything we binged as 80s, 90s kids, Uh, I have tried to uh implore upon them but you know we. what we about boy this... meets
1: World? you have boy meets World in that rotation yet, or you, you know
0: yeah. uh i'm glad jay king is not on this podcast today because he would be very upset they tried to watch girl meets world and were not fans of the reboot but they did like boy meets world we okay. just didn't get we just didn't get very far you know I, I don't think we uh we binged quite as much as uh as uh, as some of the other shows they love sister sister sure um
1: they got wonder years them. did you put wonder years or is that oh too old? see I,
0: I think that's a little bit too far back yeah. uh they uh I, I i we're trying like every show that was on tgi friday on okay. uh, the, uh i i can't on the network i can't name because i work for mbc so <laughs> um yeah like anything that's available on peacock uh right now if my bosses are tuning in we are we are actively <laughs> that's why we did save by the bell um and maybe eventually i can get them into uh now that we have peacock um, WWF wrestling is on there oh, and my, my youngest will watch it and, and finds it somewhat fascinating when I'm wearing Ultimate Warrior t-shirts but um not not enough to uh, get them to go to an event or
1: anything like that quite yet but maybe maybe now that we're coming out of this pandemic right alright so that's I don't I mean I think you said that was an exciting I think that's exciting your kids are watching Fresh Prince and that's you know I, I mean I, and the, the garden crowds would give Neil Long a, a huge ovation if they oh the my god side.
0: Um, maybe get Carlton out there. And get Carl- Get the Carlton dance. <laughs> um, Alfonso Ribeiro appears to have copious amounts of free time between hosting America's Funniest Home Videos and every project that's on uh, other networks. So, uh, no disrespect, everyone's got to work. And uh, I mean, he's had quite a career. I, I don't. I'm sorry that we've I've completely hijacked your. Your podcast with uh this always happens too. Like I went, uh, I was doing me and Chris Gasper were doing one and uh turned into like Southern fast food. And I just get so energized to be talking about geeky things that aren't Celtics basketball at times. Uh but yeah, um that's where I'm at with uh with with Emma Adoka and, and Nia Long and uh maybe Hillary can come hang out and uh all the all the all the freshmen people both moms both uh did you watch <laughs> the French <laughs> Prince did you ever watch the French Prince reu- reunion
1: no I don't think I saw that uh, they, so they have uh, both moms together for that or what yeah so you? like
0: Will was had not spoken to the original mom because there was some a contract attention. thing right yeah right right like uh it, it was like as if he was Danny Ainge and would not resign her to a rookie extension and right. uh it really hurt her career and she was really hurt by it and uh you know it, it was it was it was the 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 key moment of the of the reunion, uh, and it was better than the the Friends reunion, unfortunately.
1: So, um, <laughs> so is that was that recent? Was that I have to look this up? Yeah,
0: I, I want to say the Fresh Prince reunion was during the season. I I, I had to I had to DVR it for a while, but oh, yeah. uh, eventually got to it on HBO Max or whatever, or or maybe Peacock had it because I I can't keep saying other networks while I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on a podcast. So, um, Peacock. <laughs> yeah just if you could if everyone could like and subscribe to Peacock, <laughs> that, that would that would keep, probably help keep my... chris employed and oh, uh subscribe. watch the olympics this year please yes and um uh yeah that, that,
1: that's what i got so yeah that's what i guess this is a good place to it. i guess that'll be how, how, how's
0: dad how's dad life um i used to love uh we just sort of stole parent corner from the bill simmons podcast whenever uh like abby would come on Celtic sock we just like break out into, you know, we, I think we renamed it, uh, you know, something parent, you know, parent patter or something like that. But, um, you know, how, how is, how is the infancy of, of dadhood going for you and, and trying to cover a, a basketball team via zoom?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's gotten a lot easier since, uh, sleep has started happening more consistently for sure. Um, my wonderful wife, Kate is still on maternity leave right now. So, um, We was hoping it'd be a quiet week so we could hang out more, but the public (laughs) side put it on their side. Like, no, you're you know you're going back to work right away, full time, even though we're out of the playoffs. Um, But yeah, I mean, kid, it's uh, just uh, it's just amazing how many you know you think how many times you know crap falls out of a diaper. You just didn't. Oh yeah, just things like that. And it's already I'm already two months in. I'm just like. You know nothing grosses me out anymore, really. I think that's just kind of the bottom line, right?
0: And, really. and you had great exp- you had great preparation because you watched the two thousand twenty Celtics uh, <laughs> for for six months, so you were you were used to crapping yourself, crap, <laughs> yeah, crap everywhere, crap uh, <laughs> everywhere. But yeah, like I uh, well, I mean, I feel bad. We we jumped on. And I said, you know, when that baby sleeps, you you guys are supposed to sleep. So um, and now here I am rambling about the fresh prints and bad diapers. So. Oh. Uh,
1: Important yeah. things no, this is again we're we're getting sleep during the night now. So this is after a month, you you feel like a million bucks when you get a few in a <laughs> row. So uh it could be all night podcasting at this point. But Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston. Um, subscribe want, to Peacock, subscribe to Peacock, <laughs> uh download the NBC sports app. Um, first guest ever on the Celtics Sub Podcast. Um, back in 2010.
0: Was that true? That was your first one?
1: Yeah, that was we did it all-star weekend. You're yeah, you're the only one who would ever come on with me for that. I could I could get on at that, had, that point. I had a lot and we of just time. and we we did just take up the uh Imiu Doka 2009 Scouting report on Celtics Hub as a player. So that was
0: uh uh that was amazing, back. by the way. Uh I always wondered how long it would be until I, I had a full circle moment like that. And it has not <laughs> not to that level. Uh that shows the depth of reporting that Celtics Hub did back yeah, in the right. day. <laughs> you and Zach breaking down. M.A. Adoka's free agent potential coming back a decade and plus later is the ultimate and we'd leave no stone
1: unturned. There's no way I would have gone that deep on on potential potential options. It's Very, very sad time. Um, all right, Chris, thanks so much for hopping on for late night. Uh, we will make sure you listen to him on the Celtics Talk, Celtics Talk podcast. Awesome. <laughs> <a lot. laughs> or you SoundCloud. go back
0: and listen to Celtics Talk. That would be great. Or yeah. listen to
1: Celtics Talk. Dig those up on SoundCloud um (laughs) thanks a lot chris and thanks for listening everyone